Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hey, it is Thanksgiving week if you are listening to this as it comes out. And I wanted to say that I am so thankful for each and every one of you who have listened to this podcast, who have shared the episodes that have meant something to you and have just really been a great support to me on this journey. And a huge thank you to everyone who has already purchased my book. That's right. I wrote and published a book called You'll Get Out of It When You Learn to Love It. And this book is really all about how to make the most out of your life with Jesus, how to overcome difficulties from your past, and also how to dig deeper into your spiritual life. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everybody who has bought a copy, and I hope you are enjoying what you're reading. So today we're diving into a topic that is very rarely talked about. It's something that we all experience, at least we all experience it if you're the kind of person that tries to fulfill the dreams that are in your heart. We're talking about the downsides to dreaming, the difficulties that come on the pathway of dreaming and making steps to fulfill those dreams. Listen, my hope for you is that you're the kind of person that does something about the calling that's on your life. My hope for you is that you're the kind of person who doesn't just sit back and say, well, Lord, if you want this to happen, you will do it and it will all be you and I will have no participation. My hope for you is that you're the kind of person that says, God, if you've called me to it, then together we can make this happen. But there's something lurking in every person when we go after our dreams, and it has some serious side effects that aren't talked about, not nearly enough. Before we dive into sort of the practical application of this, I want to talk about dopamine. Are you familiar with dopamine? This is a neurotransmitter that's in your brain, and this is what it does. It plays a role in pleasure, motivation, and learning. So what this looks like is you have dopamine triggered in you on a regular basis. Think about Christmas morning. Dopamine is that feeling that you get that you are, it's like, I cannot wait. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. And dopamine is a really powerful emotion. It's a powerful surge of energy. And here's the crazy thing. Dopamine peaks in the point of anticipation, not in the point of actualization. Dopamine peaks in your brain. The amount of dopamine you experience, it peaks when you are anticipating something. This is why Christmas morning often feels a little bit like a letdown compared to the lead up to it. When you are thinking about Christmas morning, especially as a kid, you're dreaming about all the things that you want to get and how fun it's going to be, or as a parent, all the experiences you're going to have with your kids, and then you wake up on December 25th and it doesn't quite hit the mark you were going for, that's dopamine. It peaked before December 25th, and so the highest point of, of excitement was actually related to the anticipation you had, not the actual fulfillment. 
Listen, this happens in every area of our life where anticipation is involved. This is, in my opinion, one of the reasons why people struggle so much, total tangent here, to be faithful and pure um, in not having sex before marriage. Because the anticipation of what it's going to feel like is often way more intense emotionally in your brain than the actual act that's dopamine. That's why when you want to go to the gym and you're thinking about getting healthy and making changes in your life, you can feel so positive about it, but then you actually go do it and it doesn't feel the same way. If we're honest with ourselves, navigating the dopamine spikes in our life is one of the big key factors of whether or not you're going to fulfill your purpose without going insane. Because the anticipation you have right now to go after the dreams of God, that's partially dopamine in you. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the blessing of heaven. It's all of those things, but it's also dopamine. So when you step out to go fulfill that thing, to start that Bible study, to start mentoring that person, to start reading the Bible cover to cover, to fast, to whatever it is that's in your heart. You got to pay attention to how you're going to be when that dopamine spike levels out, because it's in that moment, in the valley of the actualization, in the valley of emotions in that moment that makes or breaks whether you go after the things that you're called to do. So here's a key question that you have to ask if you have a dream in your heart. Now, maybe your dream is to start a business. Maybe it's to become a teacher. Maybe you have a social justice cause on your heart that you really want to be a part of eradicating in this life. I would say yes and amen to all of those things. But you need to ask yourself, who does my dream benefit the most? Who does my dream benefit the most? Why is this an important question? Well, Honestly, a lot of our dreams are things that benefit us the most. A lot of us, our dreams are wrapped up into this ideal person that we want to be, that we want to achieve a certain status, that we want to be seen in a certain way. And so maybe we want to do that by starting a business, by starting a ministry, etc. So you got to get really gut level honest, because let me just tell you a secret It's not really a secret, but let me tell you just sort of sister to sister or sister to brother. Here's the deal. If your dream is mostly about you, you're probably not going to fulfill it. If it's mostly about you, then it's going to feel incredibly limiting and it's going to be really hard to pick yourself up when it doesn't turn out like you hoped. I know that's a little tough love for you. One of my favorite scenes in a Disney movie is Meet the Robinsons. And there's this scene where the guy fails and the whole family around him, I think his character's name is Lewis. Lewis fails and the whole family throws a party and they say, congratulations, you failed. And he's so conflicted because he's feeling so bad about himself and he's not sure what to think about his identity. And the family is saying, listen, man, if you don't learn how to enjoy failing, you're not ever going to move forward. So if our dream is only about us, if it's only about you and what you want people to think about you, how you want to feel about your life, then it's going to be really hard when you fail. 
that's a freebie for you. So you got to ask yourself, who does my dream benefit? Now, I'm assuming your dream benefits someone more than you. Maybe it's something that God has called you to. Maybe it's something that he's called you to do for yourself, but it also benefits your kids. It benefits your spouse. It benefits your future spouse, etc. And here's the second question that we have to ask ourselves. Is this dream worth doing if the outcome is small? Is this dream worth doing if the outcome is small? So I'm guessing you're connected to social media somehow. And I love social media. But one of the serious downsides of social media is the fact that the world is accessible to you. That what was inaccessible is now right at your fingertips. You can find out real-time news of any place in the world. And it makes you think, even just for a second, that what you're doing has the ability to have a global impact. And I want to say it probably does because, you know, go God. But the reality is most of us are wired to have a major impact on a small scale. And so when we start to have an impact, but it feels really small... There's a real downside to that dream that can come on an emotional level. And it's this idea that you're failing because you're not having a global impact, but it's the, it's a skewed perspective. I ask myself this all the time when God's putting something on my heart. Is this worth doing even if the outcome is small? Now, you guys got to know this about me. I'm a dreamer. I am a big dreamer. I have, you know, I always joke that God will probably not ever say to me, dream bigger, Rachel, because my dreams are pretty galactic. They are large. They are expansive and they always have been. And so what I've had to do so that I will actually follow through with the things God has called me to, I've had to draw a line in the sand and say, Jesus, even if I'm doing this only for you, it's worth it. Even if the outcome of all of this effort is to say that I'm doing something to bring you honor and glory, then it has to be worth my time. Because otherwise, we'll never achieve anything beyond something very small because everything big starts small. The biblical principle of growth is to be faithful with what little he's put inside of your hand. To be a good steward of the small things so that God can help you learn how to trust yourself, how to trust God, how to deal with people, and he can begin to add to you. When we have these grand dreams, we have to recognize God has handed you the blueprint to that dream in the form of a seed. I love how Bill Johnson says, when we want to plant a grove of oak trees, it starts with a little acorn. And sometimes we have this gigantic dream from God and we say, God, would you let me be a part of doing this in the earth? And God says, you betcha. And he hands you this little acorn and he says, this is everything you need. Tend it, plant it, water it, nurture it, grow it. And in that process, you will learn everything you need to fulfill and have a big oak tree. But we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it even if the outcome is small? I would say to you 100% yes, because we can't really control the outcome, but we can control who we are becoming in the process of fulfilling. This is a huge key for all of us because when God is putting a dream in your heart, most of what that dream is for is how it's going to shape you on your journey with Jesus. So yes, God wants to eradicate Uh, poverty in your area. He wants to eradicate 
domestic abuse in your area. There's a lot that God wants to do and he wants to use you to do it. But the way that he uses you is by transforming you into his image. So then it goes back again to the first question. Who does my dream benefit? If it's only about me, that's not a very good motivational thing. But if it's about who am I becoming in my journey with Jesus, if it's about God and giving a sacrifice of my time to him, a sacrifice of my thoughts, a sacrifice of my focus, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty worthwhile thing. One of the serious downsides of dreaming that we have to think about and look at is this big question, was it God speaking to me if it didn't have a hugely visible impact? Was it God telling me to do this if it didn't actually take off and go viral? And I think you know where I'm going with this, but God is not after having a bunch of believers who are, you know, overnight sensations. He's after having a bunch of believers who are made in his image, who are unshakable, who are confident, who are sold out and who they know God to be as their dad. And the dream that he's put in your heart right now, listen, that's one of the ways he's transforming you into his image. The difficulties that this dream is taking from you, it's good because it's teaching you something about you, teaching you patience, follow through, tenacity. Maybe you're having to learn a new skill. I don't know what all is entailed, but I do know this. Who you are becoming through this process is important to the Lord. The downside comes in when we take our eyes off of that and start to look at the outcome. Really, the outcome was never the intended target. Who you're becoming, who we are allowing other people to become through that process, in my opinion, that's the intended target. So again, God is after who you're becoming through your dreaming process. So I just want to encourage you, step out, but don't stay down when you fall. Step out on those dreams, but don't let your emotions rob you of the joy and satisfaction of doing something for God. So I just want to be really personal for a second. So I just wrote this book and here's the truth. This is crazy. It has taken me so long to get this book together. I had this idea five years ago to write this book and through a series of ups and downs, I had to lay it down for long periods of time. It was just like such a difficult process. And last year, about mid 2018, I started having this feeling that I needed to get the book done. Just this sense of, man, I got to finish this. You know, I don't want it to linger um, for all of eternity kind of feeling. And so I started purposing myself to do it. And at the beginning of 2019, and if you have been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you've already heard me share about um, a moment where God told me, There were five things he'd asked me to do, and if I didn't fulfill them, I would be disobeying. And one of those things was starting this podcast, and another one of them was getting this book done in the year 2019. And I'll tell you, it was a really good encouragement from the Lord to basically say, listen, I've told you to do this, you need to do this. And I had to come to the point of saying, I would love to be, you know, I have ideas and dreams of how I want to be as an author, 
But at the end of the day, I'm writing this book because you asked me to, God. And I'm doing it with excellence because even if no one reads it, it is worthwhile to you for me to fulfill this calling with excellence. And so there were so many ups and downs emotionally. And so I ended up deciding to self-publish the book. And I did that because I had shopped a couple publishers who had turned me down and, you know, they had great um, encouragement and basically I didn't have enough followers on my platforms to warrant getting a publishing deal. And I had a choice to make. Do I go ahead and fulfill what God has asked me to do and self-publish this book? Or do I fulfill it by getting a literary agent and shopping all the publishing companies that are out there? Or do I quit? and say it was a good try and hand it out as a manuscript to friends from time to time. And I spent a little while praying about it and asking the Lord, because obviously there's emotions involved in that. And I decided to self-publish. I felt like the Lord was saying to me that it needed to be done this year. And the chances of that happening through a publishing company were small. I reached out to a couple other publishing companies. They were all closed doors. So I thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And to go down this journey has been one of the hardest things I've ever done because it required me learning a bunch of skills I didn't have. It required me having that feeling where you don't have a clue what to do. And as an adult, that's a really uncomfortable feeling when you don't have knowledge for something, when you don't have skills for something. And when I came to the end and it was time to actually get the book printed, I had this really interesting sensation. And I described this at the beginning of the podcast, but I had this dopamine release where my anticipation of what it was going to feel like to have the book done was so intense. And I was like dreaming of all these different things in the midst of that dopamine. And then the book launch happened and it's interesting how that release of the dopamine, like how it went down in the level really affected me. Now, I'm not going to say that I was depressed or anything like that because I haven't been, but it's just an interesting thing to sense and feel the anticipation is gone. And so then you have a choice to make. Do you walk away from this project? Do you continue to promote it and market it and tell people about it? And then it comes back to this question. Who did I do this for? Who is really the one who's benefiting? For my book in particular, I know for a fact it's not me. I wrote this book because God told me to. I wrote it so that others could benefit from it. And so it keeps me going in marketing and putting myself out there and the uncomfortableness that comes with that because I believe in what God was doing through this story. And I think that's why it's so important for us to know the answers to these questions. Is it worth it, even if the outcome is small? If I only sell like 100 copies of this book, was it worth a two-year journey? Well, that's a question only I can answer with me and God. But I think you have the same things on your plate that feel similar. Was all this effort worth it, even if the impact is small? But here's the other side of the coin. Who I have become by taking the reins of my life, by saying, God, you've called me to it, and that's enough for me. By saying, Holy Spirit, I need you to partner with me so that I can learn these things that I don't have a clue about. Woo, I would not trade that for anything. Days where I wanted to yank my eyelashes out one by one because I couldn't wrap my mind around the business side of producing a book and publishing a book. 
it's worth it because God taught me something about myself. So I believe this book is going to help other people. I believe it's going to impact other people, but that, you know, that's amazing. But also I'm looking at what God has done in me and that's amazing too. I certainly don't say that from a, you know, a point of arrogance or anything like that, but from a place to open up my life so that you can see and you can ask yourself, what's a dream that God's put on my heart that I don't really know if I've given myself fully to? And what will I do? How will I feel if it doesn't amount to as big of a deal as I wanted it to? Listen, if you're focusing on who God is for you and on who you're becoming in this journey, then it will. The downside to dreaming is when we take our eyes off of that and we look at the outcome only, and then we make a judgment about who we are based on the outcome. Your identity is a son or daughter of God. When you know Jesus, that's your identity. You are his child. And so the outcome of your life is secondary. Does that mean we don't pursue excellence? We don't try to grow and learn more? Of course not. Obviously, we're going to continue to be in his likeness and God is excellent at everything he does. But it's not worth not fulfilling your dream just because it might not look the way that you want it to look. At the end of the day, you're the one who has to live with yourself. So it's really important that you have decided how you're going to define success. For me, I've chosen that I'm going to define success based on a couple of things. Number one, through this process, did I become more like Jesus? Number two, was this process a blessing to those around me? Was it helpful? Did it encourage them? Did it build them up in their likeness of Jesus? And number three, God, what do you think about this situation? Did I hit the mark? Was this a congratulations, you failed and you get to learn moment? Was this a close, but you know, a little bit more tweaking? Those three things are so important for us to wrap our minds around. And when you do that and you make that your focus, you can mitigate some of the downsides to dreaming and you can pick yourself up again when your emotions begin to dip down because we are not defined by our emotions. One final thought I want to leave you with. In my book, I talk about the difference between our emotions, the emotion side of our brain and the logic side of our brain. Most of us are taught that emotions and logic are mortal enemies and they're always at war with each other. In fact, we're even taught that you either operate from emotions or from logic, but God gave you both of them. He gave you both of these things because they're designed to be best friends. They're designed to work together. So when your emotions are dwindling, when they're tanking, when they're taking you down with the ship, your logic can come in and stand on the truths of who you know God to be. Your logic states your identity to you as a fact and calls your emotions to come back in line with that thing. That's the way with that truth. That's the way we're designed to be. And that's my hope for you. As you step out and dream, regardless of what happens, as you step out to fulfill those dreams, that your logic, your identity would hold you and hold your emotions to that thing so that you wouldn't go down in a pit of self-pity and despair, but you would rise into your identity as a son or daughter of God who is absolutely capable and able with God's help to fulfill whatever it is that he's put in your heart. That's all I've got for you today. Be blessed. 
So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.